Keep going. More surprises. Oh, yeah, big surprise. Huge surprise. You of all people should know I would never in my life wear black silk underwear. It's that moment in your week that you always look forward to. It's the Pool Scene Podcast. I'm Kevin Bradway, and he's not my missing twin, but we're close like brothers. He's Jim Sabella. How are you, Jim? What's up, Pool Sceners? We have had this one in the works for a little while, and we are doubly excited to welcome a special guest. Joining us for this episode is the owner and operator of Dead Ink Apparel, Justin Haynes. How are you, Justin? Hey, thanks for having me. You are welcome. Please tell our audience a little bit about Dead Ink and where they can connect with the brand. Dead Ink Apparel is what I call horror-inspired streetwear. So all my shirts are original. I just It's a collection of different artists that do all horror-related shirts, accessories, stickers, all the good stuff like that. You can check it out at deadinkapparel.com, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Dead Ink Apparel. And I am actually wearing a Dead Ink Apparel shirt right now, and I will vouch for the quality, the design. It's good. Like, anybody could wear this. It's not specifically like a face-tatted, you know, mall walker person. Like, anybody <laughs> anybody can wear this stuff. You have a Dreamcatcher shirt with skeletons. Yeah. That, I think that's one of your more yeah, popular designs. Popular, pretty popular. That one's really rad. You've got a lot of really rad stuff. Yeah, pretty pretty cool. Uh, check it out, please. This week, along with Justin, we're going to be talking about the 1991 JCVD movie, Double Impact. Yeah. If you aren't a radical person, well, JCVD stands for Jean-Claude Van Damme. Uh, uh, Jean. Jean-Claude. Jean. He's a goddamn Belgian, okay? The Belgian action martial arts star who often plays an American with a thick accent. <laughs> and I think he does a split in every movie he's in. He needs to show it off. Double Impact was released in 1991. So, Jim, tell us about the box office, how much it cost to make this movie, how much money this movie made, and uh, what was going on in 1991. Okay, so the brilliant masterpiece known as Double Impact, or they say in France, Le Double Le Impact. I think that's French. I think. I might be wrong. I'm probably wrong. Came out on August 9th, 1991 with a budget of $15 million. And surprisingly for a Van Damme movie, made $80 million at the this box office. Made $80, made $80 million in the box office. Wow. Who the hell ever went to a movie theater to see a Van Damme movie? If this movie made four times its budget, like you're saying, how did we not get quadruple impact? Or double, double we impact? didn't even get triple impact. Double, double impact. Double impact two. The doubling. The amazing things. I shouldn't say amazing. This first thing I'm going to say is rather infamous. In August of 1991, Rick James, the super freak himself, Captain Cocaine, was arrested on sexual torture charges. Oh. Sexual torture? Sexual torture charges. Sexual torture? <laughs> Shit. Torture. For all you internet fans out there, I know you guys are on the interwebs, as we are. Internet fans? Internet fans. <laughs> you you like fans the internet. of the internet. Big fans of the internet. I don't like the internet. <laughs> you like the internet. You'll Fuck love that this. internet, man. Bullshit. Tim Berners-Lee releases files describing his idea for the World Wide Web www debuts as a publicly available service on the internet in 1991 what's that guy doing i don't hear a lot about him you think he would have got some money you'd think 
but he probably lives somewhere around here or works at the uh, shop and save. It's possible the way the economy is right now. Big historical event, everybody. The start of the collapse of the Soviet Union was initiated in August of 91 with Gorbachev, and the Soviet Union ended up collapsing by the end of the month. And for all of you sports fans out there, as we are getting ready for football season, which probably won't happen. Kevin, big fan for you here. I know this. I wrote this down for you. Arena Bowl 5 at this Joe Louis Arena in Detroit. The Tampa Bay Storm beat the Detroit Drive 48-42. And your favorite arena player, Stevie Thomas, won the MVP. I think we can all remember exactly where we were when that happened. <laughs> you know, I can remember exactly what happened when Arena Bowl 5 happened, when Thomas got the MVP trophy. I was sitting in front of my TV looking at the marvel of the Super Nintendo and what could be. And next thing you know, my mom made meatloaf and I ended up getting diarrhea. So I can remember what happened when Arena Bowl 5 went down. However, on a lighter note, in an amazing note and a loving note, Brian Adams, everything I do for you, I do for you from the Robin Hood soundtrack was the number one song in America that for was the Kevin Costner Robin Hood. That was the good Robin Hood. Men in Tights, don't get me wrong. Amazing Robin Hood movie, good parody movie. This is a great movie. Rickman was the sheriff of Nottingham. Fantastic movie. And the number one movie in America for this week in August 1991. Hot Shots yeah. with Charlie Sheen and Lloyd Bridges was your number one movie in America. Yeah, Hot Shots. It spawned a sequel. Also. Yes, it part duh. Lucky, man. <laughs> saw, like, Talk about seeing ladybugs some, in theater. Oh, you saw bugs. Hot Shots in theater. Uh, Suburban Commando. I saw a lot of movies oh. in theater, but I didn't see these. Wait, you saw Suburban but, Commando saw in the Suburban theater? Commando in like this cheap, random I'm theater. I'm surprised they <laughs> released in theater. <laughs> was it when uh, the movies Eight Niles was the movie theater? No, it was like this weird theater that I've never been to any other time except for one time to see Suburban Command. <laughs> Justin, got like, uh, Justin got like a last action hero golden ticket and he was like, oh my God, some hallway. <laughs> he got to be in Suburban Commando. It's exactly the movie he wanted to be in. Well, <laughs> exactly. Let's talk about this movie, Double Impact. Uh, Justin was in it twice as well. Uh, <laughs> this movie was directed by Sheldon Ledich, marking the third time that he worked with JCVD Following a favorite of ours, Bloodsport and 1990s Lionheart. Oh, the best. With, with that said, let me tell you about the plot for Double Impact. 25 years in the past, an American businessman named Paul Wagner opens the Hong Kong Victorian Harbor Tunnel, appropriately located in Hong Kong. Aside from his business partner, he is joined by his wife and their twin baby sons. They think nothing of it when the family is followed home by their bodyguard, except he has some hitmen trailing him as well, who murder Paul and his wife. Then the twins grow up to be dueling Batmans looking for ultimate control of Gotham City. <laughs> That's not 100% true. It was uh, in a direct, it was in a two-hour cut, as we always yes. talk about. The maid escapes with the twins before a hitman named Moon can shoot them. The maid drops one of the twins named Alex at a Hong Kong orphanage. The other twin, Chad, is rescued by Frank the bodyguard to be raised in France. France, we come from France, unfortunately. They're coneheads? No, Connie Conehead. Damn it. Why. It'd be better than coneheads than lumpheads. Like those <laughs> fucking oh, no. things. Okay. Everybody, yeah, real quick. And I've done this to Kevin when it comes to Van Damme. He never noticed it before. He has a fatty excess lump on his forehead. You will see it in every one of his movies. You watch this movie, you're going to zoom in on that I the entire time. I watched Kickboxer like 10,000 times growing up and wanted to be a, like a kickboxer. 
and I never noticed it, and uh, my, everything's been ruined. It's, it's crazy that we that like it took so long to notice because it's like the size of an egg. Yeah, it's, it's really huge, huge forehead. And he didn't want to get rid of it because he was afraid to get a scar. Fucking really? <laughs> he should. What he should have done is in every movie he was in, they should have just like played it up as like an injury. Yeah, like they should have put makeup over it, and then he gets like hit, and then he just has the. Or yeah, it was actually headbutt in this film. I'd read it at the beginning. Yeah. And they, they did the other side. They put the makeup on yeah, the other side, right. not to accentuate put, the, the egg that is already there. Weird. It's and probably it's, his it's G-spot. And it's still there. Oh, yeah. So anyway, fast forward to present day, 1990. Frank and Chad are kicking ass, literally and figuratively, running a martial arts dojo in Los Angeles. With pink geese. Los Angeles, California, USA. But Frank, Thank you for distinguishing USA. <laughs> well, I had to make sure you didn't know it wasn't Los Angeles, China. Uh, but Frank tells Chad there's a new business opportunity for them in Hong Kong. This is where everything goes sideways. In Hong Kong, Chad is immediately mistaken for the twin brother he doesn't know, and he goes back to the room of Alex's girlfriend. Thankfully, Frank is there to tell them that they're lost twins. He also tells them that, that this is the time for them to team up and take down their dad's business partner so they can receive royalties from their dad's harbor tunnel. I didn't catch that in the movie. Yeah. I just, like, there's some aspect of revenge, but I didn't know that, like, the revenge included royalties to the tunnel. Like, what, yeah. what, what's the whole point to not let them know that they're brothers yes. through the whole movie? Exactly. Like, like, they got separated, but, like, things didn't blow over, like, three years. Yeah. <laughs> no, 25 years. 20 years. 25 years yeah. later, they uh, <clears throat> decide to team them up again of course the twins do not get along at first and of course alex's girlfriend secretly works for nigel griffith how convenient the business partner of their dad no relation to terry griffith from just one of the guys that we covered last week we love you joyce on apple podcast and spotify however she is loyal to alex and not griffith so with information that she provided they blow up a drug operation then a club, but then Griffith's bodyguard, Kara, catches Danielle and sexually assaults her. But she shakes it off to give the twins a heads up that she found something without knowing that Griffith has tapped her phone. Following... <laughs> I don't know why we're laughing. Following because I just realized, looking at the cast rundown, as baby Chad was <laughs> cast as a female... Alicia Stevenson was baby Chad. Okay. That's her call to fame. That's fine. <laughs> hey, I played John Claude Van Damme. When I, was uh, I was the Chad. baby on the Nirvana cover. Uh, following an incredible sequence that we will get into in favorite scenes, Kara finds her, finds their abandoned hotel on an island hideout via helicopter. This leads to our big showdown the following mor- morning an orgasm of action. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Where the good guys win. So let's get into characters. We have Jean-Claude Van Damme as Chad and Alex Wagner yeah. separately billed. Yeah. Uh, you had Alicia Stevenson as Baby Chad. <laughs> baby Chad. And for some reason, though, a girl played Baby Chad, but a boy played Baby Alex. Good old Paul Allen. Jeffrey Lewis as Frank Avery, a favorite of this director. We had Alana Shaw as Danielle Wilde. These Jean-Claude Van Damme movies always had a female lead that never did anything else. Yep. Bolo Young as Moon, and then a bunch of other assholes. Uh, Karina Everson as Kara. She won Miss Olympia six times. Miss Olympia six times. Uh, Julie Strain is one of the students in the martial arts class. She became something. Uh, Which actor or actress gives a passable performance? Does any non-lead character steal scenes? Justin, I'm going to pitch it to you first. I'm going to have to say that... There's not a lot to pick from. Yeah, yeah there's, there's, there's not a lot. Number. 
Jeffrey Lewis or Bolo Young? I don't know. Baby Chad. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie. That guy with the long hair, he kind of stole the some scenes. The white guy yeah. in the Asian yeah. 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 He stole some scenes, you know, where he put his his sunglasses on, like, really toughly. <laughs> yeah. No, I like that guy, too. He definitely stands out being the only non-Asian in an Asian game. Yeah, and he, like, you know, the whole situation with the Crash Bandicoot box where he gave it to him, and he like, yeah, it's just perfect. Perfect. Jim, who do you got? It's Bolo. How can he not love Bolo? It's Van Damme's best friend. He was in every one of his movies. Yeah, that's typical, though. We all love Bolo. We all yeah. love Bolo. I, I won't say it. Jeffrey Lewis is probably the worst. I feel like he really mails it in in this one. I don't know if it's just his acting style or just the fact that he's just like... I did love Corinna, though. I thought she was great. Ms. Olympia herself. I yeah. thought she was really good. A good BA. She feels up that girl's collar. She does. And ask her to search her, which was very nice as a child when I saw this movie for the first time. Okay, let's move on to best scenes. I'll start out and say the only scene I remembered from this before we watched it today was there is a scene where Alex gets really freaked out that he thinks his brother Chad is sleeping with his girlfriend. Motherfucker! It was so good. So he drinks an entire bottle of what? Rum, tequila? Whatever was at the abandoned Holiday Inn. He drinks an entire bottle. Quickly. Punches quickly. everything He punches sight. everything. Punches the Zach Morris phone. He holds up a phone and punches it. He kicks the, the the abandoned hotel where they're staying. He like destroys a bunch of it, and then when he gets back, he fights his brother. <laughs> it's the, it's a crazy like all he's thinking of is those are are those two fucking. It would have been funny in his drunken memory if he just saw his brother show up and they totally just brotisseried her. That would have been that's, fucking hilarious. That's the only. This is a pretty long movie. Which, it's unnecessarily long. It's almost two hours for an action movie, and there's not a lot of plot. It relies on a lot of, like, action, and it's just, it, it's too long. But to me, we need to pay off where both brothers sleep with this girl. The thing about Van Damme, because Van Damme has always been that very narcissistic dude. He said that he wanted to expand <laughs> who he was as an actor and didn't just want to be an action guy. So we thought playing dual roles would be phenomenal. And he said he felt this love scene would appeal to a wider audience. No. What, what fucking wider audience is this thing? How would that appeal to anybody? To me, the, like the love scene is not even like a traditional love scene. It's just it's like, not. it's like the, it's the, a, it's a fantasy love yes, scene. It's, like it's a phony because the, this is what the other brothers thinking. So it's not even like a real love scene. It's what this guy's coming up with in his head. It's horrible. Yes. So why didn't he think of, why didn't we just tag teamed her? Think about the, <laughs> think about how grand his role would be if he's literally fucking himself while banging a chick. I, this, yeah. It's it, a weird thing, but he took it so seriously though. Could you imagine sitting in a movies eight when this came out and all of a sudden go, this love scene, let me tell you about it. It really I, hits me where I it needs to hit me. Jean-Claude Van Damme as being someone who had a crew like necessarily but you mean like an entourage yeah, or something like an entourage. yeah he seemed like a lone wolf but didn't everyone around him be like this movie's not gonna do what you think it's going to do for you apparently it wouldn't have mattered because he built himself twice in the closing credits as each is each character maybe That's, there was some yeah you needed to like just in case you didn't know <laughs> yeah just in case you know well the one guy had his hair slicked back so and he had stubble he had he looked a little bit different it might have been a different guy if only he had a soul patch there was a part 
in the movie where they both sat down next to each other on a chair. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I almost couldn't believe it. I don't know how they could do that in 1991. Yet there's he was transparent. Yeah, there's a scene where you can see through his head. <laughs> so, He's a ghost. Yeah. Uh, Rita Miller. So another one of my best scenes. There's not a lot in this movie, oh, but another not. best scene is our first introduction to adult Chad. Oh, it still hurts. Oh, I'm so sorry. Okay. Maybe you should relax now. Okay. okay. Slowly close your legs. Beautiful. Doing well. You know, stretching is so important. For example, because of my big legs and karate, I can do the splits, no problem. So after Chad gets rescued by Frank the bodyguard, we're told he's raised in France, but they're in Los Angeles, USA, and they, <laughs> they operate the world's weirdest martial arts dojo. He is demonstrating for all of the women at this dojo how he does splits. With a full moose knuckle. He's also, he's kind of stretching this girl, and there's a bunch of girls around. I, I like that scene. It's just, it, it, it's like the most lighthearted and like comedic scene in the movie. Everybody's wearing pink geese. Yeah. I've never seen a dojo where pink geese were yeah, just everywhere. Now you have him fight this Aussie. Yeah, he's, yeah. Aussie. he's Aussie for no reason. Yeah, he's Aussie <laughs> for no reason, but this guy, he, he tells him, show me your kick. What are you, the ballet teacher or what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm dancing, yeah. Also some uh, karate. Karate, yeah? Yeah, can you show me one of your uh, special kicks? You want to see one of my kicks? Yeah. Come on. Yeah? <laughs> so we have a Belgian and an Aussie yeah. fighting each other, and he tells him, show him his kick. Oh, Yo, then... you want to see my kick? Yeah. <laughs> I'll show you right on. <laughs> Fucking hell. It's like, why Why was that Aussie even there? There wasn't know. another dojo? I don't understand why all the women were there unless it was like, what kind of martial arts does he teach? Hey, me? Miranda, my, my sensei does splits. You need to see this. Yeah. And he wears the tightest pants. You can see his balls. <laughs> yeah, his, uh, he shows off his butt and does a split in every like, movie. Something is going on in that scene, though. Like, the, like Frank is like, hey, go into this other room. You know? With this stonewashed gi. He's got a stonewashed gi. All right, I pointed out something in the movie. Please send send us photos to Pool Scene Podcast on Instagram or email to Twitter. Has there ever been denim karate gi? I want to see contradiction. I want to see your denim karate gi. <laughs> okay, now full disclosure: I was in junior taekwondo at the Otmurai Grotto Hall in 1990. I did a demonstration. Uh, every time they do the you know, karate places, they have these big demonstrations, normally in high school gyms. Now, when we all did our kata to in the air tonight. My sensei never wore a stonewashed denim gi. What did he wear? Just a traditional gi? He just wore a traditional gi with what Korean flags on it. Sensei Beaumont. Oh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Which sounds like a real fucking... Justin, that were name. you ever in Taekwondo? I was or? never in any kind of... Uh, no. Okay. No. Me either. I was a wife. I quit after two weeks. My knees hurt. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta bring up the the splits a little bit. Like, do you think that every time that someone wrote a movie that they intended to have Van Damme in it, they like wrote that scene in, or like Van Damme wrote him in himself? Oh, Van Damme just did it. He just I, did it. Probably he was like, he's like, hey, I read through he this script, script, and, and uh, like, this was the first, this was the first movie that Van Damme did where he wrote, produced, and starred. So he did the triple threat. You know, he said. 
hey guys, I got an I, idea. I got this good idea. I'm going to do splits. And Julie Strain, I, all of a sudden I turn like Schwarzenegger a bit. She's going to see me do split and she's going to love it. Something Van Damme doesn't do in this movie, unfortunately, is dance. Yeah, oh, he's not the dr- kickboxer drunk Maduro dancing. in kickboxer, which is the best. And he and that whole drunk dancing created a whole dance scene in fucking Brazil. Yeah. Danza Cadora. Yep. All right, so that's pretty much what I've got for best <laughs> scenes. Do you guys have any scenes that stood out to you? Oh, man. There was the one scene where they both pretend to be Alex, and they bring, they smuggle in a wooden case of cognac. Hey, who the hell are you? Alex. Alex? Alex who? Yeah, this is the cognac for Mr. Zhang. Just arrived from Marseille. Remember what? (laughs) Who just doesn't, from head to toe in a tuxedo, bring in a whole case of cognac, which ended up being planted bombs because they were trying to kill Zhang and they were trying to kill Nigel. That was a really good scene inside of the restaurant in which we also see the big muscle. Uh, what's her name? It's uh, Kara. She knifes a guy in the middle of them eating dinner and transacting on apparently the world's biggest frigate. For some reason, that seems to be the coup de gras. That scene stuck out to me. So I will say that this is a little bit like when we covered Ready to Rumble, which was the first bad movie that we covered where we didn't have a whole lot for best scenes, but we did have a lot in logic. Oh, so we got I think a ton. In this week as well, where, where it's going to come up in logic. Uh, with that said, how about we blow the whistle and we do our pool check? Pool check! All right, Justin, uh, you may or may not know, every time we do a podcast, a recorded episode, we cover the top five music videos for the year of the movie that we covered, this being 1991. Being our guest, how about you go ahead, start us off with your fifth best or fifth favorite music video of 1991. All right. So this is, this is a question that I was thinking about with this, with this premise. Is this your favorite video? Like you were in 91 that you remember uh, the video or this is like hmm. the best video of 91 now? No, I mean, it, it's... It, we kind of do a combination of yeah, both. Because there are a lot of videos that, I mean, if you go back through our, our past catalog, there were songs and videos I hated at yeah. that time okay. that I really appreciate. Godly like, and Cream. Okay. Yeah. Smooth <laughs> like, Operator. I, say, I, have, I have like an amazing example of that, but I'll go into like, I'll go into my favorites since this is like my favorites at in 91. Okay. Okay. So when perfect. I was a kid, I remember these on MTV. These were my favorites. Not even necessarily my favorite like music. All I, right. yeah. I wasn't really into music at that time, to yeah. be honest. So okay. it was too well, early. I didn't own any music. So go ahead and give us five. We'll go around the horn. Yeah, you give us your start off with your number five. Okay, uh, I don't know if I can really put these into an order. That's fine. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna I'm gonna give it my best here. That's uh, good. I'm gonna go with Paul Abdul Rush Rush. Yeah. Nah, Keanu Reeves' first appearance I, in the I world. I thought that this was hush hush. So did I. It's a, it's a great. It's just like I remember it. You know, it's like really good. Uh, it's dramatic, right? And yeah. Isn't yeah. there like it's rain? a very it's a very ethereal video, very. And then of course, I'll put I'll put them back to back. Two Metallica well, videos. Hang wait, on. wait, we're hang gonna on. go around the horn. Oh, yeah, we're gonna go around the horn. Fives, then we'll yep. do each four okay. and all that. 
So, Jim, how about you? you can go next on your number five? Okay, as you know, Kevin, and then most of you out there do not know, when we started getting into the, the mid-90s, I was big into Eurobeat music. Like, I loved Europop music. Big standout for me. This was kind of the kickoff. So, my number five is London Beat. I've been thinking about I, you. I knew you were going to pick that. I knew I've 100% been certain. thinking about you. I don't know anything about the video. I uh, obviously know the song. The, the if video. I had to guess, the video looked like every other Eurobeat. Your da- it, it, it's Mark Morrison's Return of the Mac. Yeah. It's uh, Mark Morrison thought about this five years Mark after Morrison, this came out. Who also had a single the same year as Return of the Mac <laughs> called Horny. And we talked about this on a previous podcast. <laughs> Dude was like, I got this idea. Return of the Mac was great. Horny. I know. <laughs> it's one of these things like people have even brought up to me. They're like, Jim, w- when we listen to the, the, the pool check, you talk about your favorite music videos, but you don't seem to remember anything of the music videos. You remember more of the song. And at this age, like using Justin's premise, when I was 10 years old, normally it would be the song more than the video that stuck out for me. Now that I've gotten older, I can remember the video more. But this literally is a carbon copy of Mark Morrison's Return of the Mac. You know, you know, just spotlight music you know y'all been dancing you're going around london you know i I think you know we've covered enough music videos on this podcast now where i think you can definitely recognize that there's a theme like each each year it seemed to be like somebody would release a video and then a bunch of other videos would knock it off like live performance type videos you had like your tesla signs video that was just like a knockoff of every other hair metals like you know on the road and in the studio type videos so let me go ahead and give you my number five which I do equally remember the video and the song. It's Gerardo Rico Suave. Oh, God. Oh, Suave. This is a horny dude. Um, you don't say. I, the notes I wrote down next to this video without watching the video literally say Spanglish dry humper. <laughs> because he's basically just like humping girls and they're dancing by a pool. He's got like some, um, some like dudes with mullets. And they're doing like this, this is a very lame step. video. It sucks. It's a horrible. It video. sucks. The song sucks, but like, but the song sticks. It, it's the 90, hook. Yes, in it's the hook. One, I just remember Rico Suave. Suave. It's yeah. So it it's just it's a throwaway. This song is perfect, and this video is perfect for '91 only. Yeah, this it's dude perfect. had one song. He became like a producer. He still has a music career. I only know that because of those like one hit wonder countdowns and yeah. stuff they used to do on VH1. So Justin, I, I think I know what it is, but why don't you go <laughs> yeah. ahead and give us number yeah. four? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put two Metallica songs together because it just is I yeah. can't I can't do two right yeah uh, two Metallica yeah, it just I doesn't work that way. It's from the same album. It's from the yeah. same general time. But Enter Sandman and Unforgiven. Yeah, uh, the Black Album. Yeah, Unforgiven was a pretty spooky, like scary video. Yeah, it was like an old creepy guy. Yeah, the hanging skin. I think it would pull up his like flap. And then Enter Sandman was like the strobe light, like strobe effect, light. Like a another old truck. man, another real yeah. old wrinkly man. Yeah. This was the turning point for Metallica because people were like, "Were you a, a true Metallica fan, or did you jump on when the Black Album came yeah. around?" Because that's when they said Hetfield's voice. Yeah, changed. I was eight. Like yeah, exactly. I was not a thrash metal guy before <laughs> I, I was eight I years old. I'm sorry. Martin. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. I, I didn't listen to Kill 'Em All. Yeah, I, didn't, I, I didn't have those albums when Justice I was for six all. years old. No. Metalheads at the mall calling me a poser. Yeah, <laughs> you're a piece of shit, man. Yeah, Edfield and years Justice old. for All, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Jim, uh, you're number four. Number four. Well, last week Kevin talked about one of his favorite songs, "Godly and Cream." Yeah. Cry with Lol Cream. Lol Cream. There's gonna be another Cream reference here. 
Prince and the New yeah. Power Revolution with Cream. Cream. Get on top. Cream. Oh, my God. I had this on a cassette single, and I think about why would any parent let their kid buy this? Because I'm convinced most parents were naive, and they thought Cream was like a sour cream reference. Didn't Prince have, like, butt-out pants? And oh, yeah, he had the yeah. cut-out ass. Like, yeah. uh, him and Cher had the cut-out ass. It's a, once again, this is amazingly overproduced Prince video. A lot of colors. Prince looking like he's six foot three when in actuality he was only five feet tall with lifts. Prince shredding. This is one of the few times where Prince actually, to a degree, gave credit to the people besides him. Yeah. It was Prince and 70 other guys who were named later. Yeah. This is a great song. Great video. I love it. Prince number four. Equal in legacy with Prince was my number four. Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. The Funky Bunch, I think, used to be Prince's band. Probably. And then became Marky Mark. <laughs> That's not at all true. No, not uh, at all. But it was good vibration. Oh, such a good It was song. our introduction to Marky Mark, who you all know, our younger listeners just know as Mark Wahlberg. And his great performance in The Happening, where he literally talked to a fucking ficus tree for his safety. I thought you were going to say fear. Oh, oh, fear. No, that's one video. That's one video. That's one movie we have to cover. So, yes, absolutely. Oh, Finger banging on a roll. Great. Oh, my okay. God. So, uh, yeah, Bush. Mark Wahlberg was, Bo- Marky, yeah. was Marky Mark, and he just was like, I don't know how you describe it, just a white rapper, you know, no shirt, baggy jeans. I was just going to say, both your videos so far have, like, shirtless, greasy men. I Hell, yeah. <laughs> Hell, yeah. I ain't done yet, son. I have a type. Uh, yeah, so that's my number four. There's not a whole lot to talk about. The video nah, is black and white. Yeah, dancing. it is what it is. Both of my videos so far also had dancing. Yeah. You know, 1991 dancing. So, yeah. Justin, go ahead and give us your next one. R.E.M. Losing My Religion. Yeah. Uh, Jim doesn't like R.E.M. I fucking hate R.E.M. I do. I like R.E.M. I mean, that's I mean, you don't need to like R.E.M. No, but it's an song. iconic Kevin video. and I get it's in like, this debate. He hates Billy Joel. I hate Bob Dylan and R.E.M. But no, the video is iconic. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, you automatically think of like Michael Stipe sitting in yep. the chair with his arms crossed real weird. Yep. No, absolutely. Iconic video. Stands the test of time. I definitely do not begrudge you. Not my favorite I'm R.E.M. Not begrudging. song. begrudging. Yeah. Good song. I'm not begrudging. It's a good song. I just don't like Michael Stipe. So my number three is one of my favorite bands of all time. It's Van Halen, Van Hagar, Top of the World. This song gets me amped up. I get amped up with Sammy Hagar because I thought by far Sammy Hagar has one of the best rock voices of all time. Van Halen was way better with Hagar than they were with David Lee Roth. I will take that to my grave. I don't remember this video. It's, it wasn't one of their best videos, but all these Van Halen videos are only saying the intermix concert footage. Yeah. There's Sammy on the beach drinking Cabo Wabo. That's Van Halen's videos for you. And it's They've never had overly produced music videos. No. It's very basic. I don't remember the video for right now, but I sure as hell remember right it. Right now was probably their most dramatic I really video. remember it being on constantly. Oh, yeah. Right now was probably the, the most top tier video they could ever get. I'll have to watch that one. That was off the remember. fuck I'm album. Not, I'm not sure if I'm remembering the actual video or the Pepsi, the cl- cl- yeah. Pepsi commercial. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Even the Pepsi video had a message. So number three, I hope I'm not stepping on your toes here, Jim. This is a song I have seen you sing at karaoke multiple times. It's DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Yes. Summertime. Oh, that's one of my go-tos. I just, I've read an article before that basically says, how did he do all this stuff in one day? He lives in a busy city, Philadelphia. He cruises to the plateau. He plays basketball. He goes home. He changes. He goes to a barbecue. It's starting at four. Yeah, there's all this other stuff that happens in this video. It's a fantastic song. It's like, as soon as, you know, you start to feel the weather change, this is like a song you want to put on in your car. It's the longest. I'm pretty sure... 
this song was about what he did on the summer solstice because it's the only thing that could have made sense. I think today is the last day of the year that it that the sun will go down after eight o'clock and starting tomorrow, the sun will go down before like seven fifty. And that is depressing. And another thing I want to say about this is I saw Jim sing this at karaoke. I'm pretty and good this at this. Nice old couple went up to him and said, that was wonderful. Would you mind singing that again? Oh man. There's nothing a that people time. like at karaoke. <laughs> well, first of all, you're, encore, please. Yes. you're not really singing it. I'm just yeah, rapping it. Right. But like I, uh, my karaoke thing is I do not do karaoke songs unless I have the song memorized. Because I don't like using the screen. Oh, man. I like walking around and like performing. My karaoke thing is I don't do karaoke because I'm say, awful. That's, that's really good that you do it like that because I can't do like, I can't catch melodies. I don't know melodies once it's not there. I know that for Dead Ink, you do conventions. Yeah. And conventions are super fun. I, I'll go to any convention. I'll go to a keyboard convention. I don't care. Wow. I'll go to any convention because they're a blast. It's, you walk around, you meet I people, agree. you go back to room. It's fun. So we were at a convention where we all wanted the party, you know? The oh, convention God. was, like, winding down. Horrorhound. It was Horrorhound. Yeah, it was Horrorhound. And we wanted to have a good time. And Party Pooper over here was like, <laughs> let's just go back to the room. Let's just get some beer. Let's just go to the room and hang out. And there was, like, 12 of us staying in, like, a little room. So we were like, no, fuck it. We're going to go have some fun. So we find out they're doing karaoke in the hotel. Sounds fun. So I'm smashed i mean i'm like oh you were fucked i'm annihilated up. and it didn't help because a guy we were with his girlfriend ordered a double shot of jameson they gave her like a pint glass full of jameson oh. I, I took it i took it to the face like yeah. i took a pint glass full of jameson and i was out of commission but anyhow we sit there at this karaoke for i don't know 15 minutes maybe and party pooper over here this is a dud. Let's go. Let's leave. Because I wanted Come to go on. to another happening karaoke let's, place, man. I got to show up my skills. And uh, so 15 minutes later, Daniel Harris comes in. Doug Bradley comes in. You know, all the, the celebs start yeah. coming into the convention. It starts getting Brian O'Halloran. Brian O'Halloran. Yeah. So Jim tries to do Rapper's Delight. And the guy at karaoke, weirdest karaoke guy ever, because yeah. he had nothing. Mm -hmm. He decides, he says, I don't have Rapper's Delight. So you do David Naughton's making and it. David Naughton was a guest on yes. this convention. David Naughton was a guest at the convention. Jim does making it. It's fantastic. It's so good that Brian O'Halloran from Clerks comes over and says, <laughs> where the fuck is Naughton? Where the fuck is Naughton? And That's hung out with incredible. us the entire hung night. Out with us the entire, I, I did call one of his co-stars bad names and I <laughs> questioned a bunch of things. Yeah, you did. I don't you were... think Brian O'Halloran is a big fan of me, <laughs> but uh, Brian O'Halloran saying you two's with or without you. Mm -hmm. And the next day he told Brian O'Halloran finds Jim. Yeah. Track grabs down. him and takes him to David Naughton and was like, this guy did your song last night. And then, and then David Naughton's handler told david naughton about me so david's like you're jim you're the guy who did my we didn't know about it i went out to dinner with my wife if i would have known me and you could have did my song together yeah. oh, mind fuck, i have a great picture of me and naughton yeah. wow because he signed i was the only one who showed up at convention with a single of making it i <laughs> he signed jim you're making it love david naughton i don't know if i remember you're more <laughs> because i it's like one you have ever had those memories where it's like you probably don't remember it, but you create a picture in your mind because everybody told you about it. Yeah. Like, I'm convinced I remember the tornado in 1985. Yeah. Even though it was like one. Right. Yeah. So I'm convinced. But this is a night where I was like, I seriously was so smashed. It's so much and fun. And I was leaning over this railing like Jack or Rose in Titanic. And I'm pretty sure somebody just 
had a big like knot full of the so my shirt so yeah. I didn't flip over the railing. <laughs> but they had along with the guests from the horror convention, there was some sort of veterans convention. Yeah, there was buzz, buzz. Yes, and they were singing karaoke along with like buzz. so. There's like a, a horror Doug convention. Doug Bradley singing yes. karaoke with yeah, buzz. and then there's a, a veteran. So Buzz was like an old like. 70 year old dude he looked like Buzz Aldrin looked like Like, he was in a bowling league yeah (laughs) and I kept yelling fuck shit up Buzz and the guy the karaoke DJ had to keep asking us to stop swearing (laughs) so that's what I remember but yeah that was a huge tangent uh, but definitely worth it Justin I think we're up to your number two two uh Okay, at this time, I didn't like rap music yet. I really didn't embrace rap music for a long time, actually. But Naughty by Nature, OPP, has to be on there, you know? And only because it was like a cool, just like a cool crew video. I think Queen Latifah was in it. Yep. And it's it's pure roller skating music. Uh, Yes. It's other people's property. At this time, that's absolutely, if you didn't like rap music, this was like crossover because you're down with OPP, yeah, you know me. This is MTV Rock and Jock. Yes, this was like crossover appeal everyone could get into the chorus of this there was nothing controversial about it except if people really looked into what the lyrics were about and stuff all right my number two is from one of the greatest movies of all time 1991's terminator 2 this is guns and roses you could be mine and this music video is nuts because it's axel foley no Axel Foley. Not Axel, yeah, Foley. Axel Foley. I was like, why is Axel Foley? Beverly Hills <laughs> Cop. It's a crossover. Terminator it was Terminator 2, 2 meets Beverly, Beverly Hills, Hills Cop. Cop. It's Axel Foley and Axel Rose. <laughs> no, it's oh. Axel. It's Axel Rose. Axel Foley. <laughs> it's fucked up my whole thing. <laughs> the Terminator is hunting down Axel Rose throughout this whole the music Terminator video. <laughs> <Axel Foley. laughs> In Detroit. <laughs> is, it, is this a legal chop shop? It's a legal chop shop. I'm looking for the Terminator. <laughs> I got fucked. That, that's my number two. <laughs> Guns N' Roses, Beverly Hills Cop. I quit. I love it. Uh, Terminator 2. <laughs> Cop day. Cop day. My number two is a rap video. It's Hammer, Too Legit to Quit. Oh. There were two versions of this video. This is when MTV used to have like countdowns to world premieres. And there was a 15-minute version, which probably was aired, what, once? It was probably aired for the world premiere. It was the longest refrain song ever. Yeah, and then there was, um, you can't see me doing it, but the Too Legit to Quit. It was one of the most expensive videos ever. After the 15-minute version, you probably saw the condensed version. And there was a dance challenge to basically have celebrities. It was like pre-social media where people, you know, they'd get celebrities doing the dance. There were lots of like celebrity athletes, Jose Canseco, Jerry Rice, Deion Sanders, Danny Glover, a really weird one that's in this video is Easy e Tony Danza, yeah. Millie Vanilli was in this. Tony one. Danza was the Dan Aykroyd of that video, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Hammer had some pretty pumps in a bump part ones. one. I hope I'm not taking anybody's number one. But there was the Adams Family Groove or Adams Groove, whatever mm-hmm. it's called. Adams Family Groove. No, you're yeah, right. that was the same year. So, Justin, your number one video number of 1991. One. To me, this video, not even that I'm a really big fan of the band, but this video just screams like MTV videos in my face. And it's like a classic to me. Jane's Addiction, Ben Caught Stealing. Yeah. Oh, like, yes. That is just like... That yeah. was MTV in 19, yes. like maybe yes. 1991 that was through like a 96. Video, the video you waited for. That was like, if I'm going to watch MTV for an hour, two hour block, 
that's like one of the videos I'm waiting to come on. Yeah. Is Perry not one of the most underrated frontmen yeah. ever? Yeah. I think he's so not appreciated. as a frontman and as just a businessman. I mean, Lollapalooza. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Great video. Great song. Watch that video right now. If you haven't seen it, go watch Ben Con yeah. Stealing. My number one has a lot of meaning to me. This is one of the two songs I would listen to in my Sony Walkman before going to basketball camp at Howland Middle School. Boys to Men, Motown Philly. Motown Philly. Okay. Motown Philly, New Jack Swing. I mean, come on. This video, this song. Cooley High Harmony was such a great album when it was released because nobody, I, I mean, there were groups before Boys to Men, of course, you know. BB, I mean, Bell Biv DeVoe. Yeah, we found Boys to Men. Uh, another bad creation. Yep. But something about Boys to Men, it's just their harmonies were amazing. For but me, like Motown Philly was good. I liked Motown Philly. It was great. You know, I, I definitely liked it. But for me, like when End of the Road came out, oh, that's it, like when everything That was like the stopped. pinnacle. Like, Boomerang soundtrack. For sure. But this song, I, I don't know what it was, but it used to pump me up to play basketball. We've talked about As Yet. In oh. uh, in this podcast, Fucking now, as the yet. lead man of As Yet yeah. was in Boys to Men and left Boys to Men to start As Yet. Yeah, because why not? Paid off. Yeah, paid off big time. Yeah. Another member of Boys to Men that left that I don't know if you knew it was Axel Foley. <laughs> <laughs> I loved Axel Foley and fucking that. It was great, man. All right. My number one video to, to round us out and finish us out, probably my number two favorite video of all time. It's Color Me Bad, I Adore Me More. Okay. People should know this right off the bat before Kevin talks about this. Kevin is the biggest CMB fan by far. I'm not. That's- Huge. He loves the guy that looks like Kenny G yeah. to the nth degree. Yeah, so this video basically is funny because they're on Lost. They went to the island. Yeah, they found a smoke monster. 8, 15, 16, 23, 42. Mm-hmm. They went to the island, and all five guys are serenading one girl. They each get their shit in. They each have a part. The one uh, suave dude he, like sings his part in Spanish, but it doesn't really get good until we get to the lead singer who's he looks like a pugilist he looks like he just got the shit beat out of him and if you would look at what he looks like now jesus he yeah i'm not gonna i'm not gonna attack anybody's weight no but he he, he <laughs> but let himself go he's about three times the size yeah he was in that video he was a super pretty boy yeah but that's a fantastic video on the beach i always say whether you want it or not if you ever get married i want to make sure your groomsmen dress like this video oh my god <laughs> you'd get you would get kicked out it's that bad. Kicked out of what? Of uh, life. <laughs> you kicked out of life. Kicked just out. like that. It's a cheat code. All right. So uh, with that said, I think that was a productive. We got some stories in. We got some good videos. Let's go ahead and move back into the podcast. Jim, let them know. Everybody back in the pool. As mentioned in the intro, this was the third time the director, this director teamed up with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Personally, I would say it's the only one of these three movies that would crack my top three or top five is Bloodsport, yep. not this. So without research, uh, just freestyle off the dome. Give me your top three Jean-Claude Van Damme movies. I mean, Bloodsport, that's just like a classic. It's got to be in the yeah. top three, Bloodsport. Yeah. I really, really like Lion. It is a good one. It's very, very underestimated. It's, it's, it's emotional. And he plays a fucking French guy, doesn't he? He's a French <laughs> legionnaire. And it's just a, it's a really good movie, in my opinion. And then they did that Channing Tatum movie that was like a ripoff of it. It was like an exact ripoff yeah. of it. And then let's go Hard Target. Okay. Hard Target's a good one. I, I will say, I'll do mine next. Okay. I will say, now, I didn't get enough exposure to Lionheart as a kid. The movie that was always on 
was Kickboxer. Yeah. So Kickboxer was the one I grew up with. I, I had seen Kickboxer 50 times before I even probably knew Bloodsport existed or saw Bloodsport. So it was Kickboxer. Bloodsport, we have come to just love. I love Bloodsport and Sudden Death. Sudden Death is just so over-the-top ridiculous. But, you know, the, we talked about how Jean-Claude Van Damme wanted to make this particular movie, Double Impact, in order to take on like a dramatic role in a different type of movie. Right. But Sudden Death, he did that. Yeah. Sudden Death is like a, he's protecting his kids. He's saving these people from a terrorist. It is a dramatic role. It's just like awesome. Like I, I think that Double Impact had to walk so that Sudden Death could run. <laughs> the point, I think the point of Double Impact was not like, he didn't want to go be like a drama actor. He wanted to be like an action star that didn't kick everybody. Yeah. Like he wanted to yeah, do different definitely. kind of action. He has a thick accent, which didn't stop Arnold and didn't stop some other people, but he had a thick accent. Like we've seen JCVD movies where he doesn't even talk. Nope. So I could see where he wanted to. I.e. no retreat, no surrender. Yeah. yeah. There's also a weird cowboy, cowgirl position weightlifting scene in that movie. <laughs> Wait, cowgirl position? Yeah. Really? Reverse or? Well, no. Regular <laughs> cowgirl. Jim, what are your top... Uh... Okay, so I'm doing mine a little differently. I think Bloodsport is the pinnacle. You can't be Bloodsport, okay? This is where it gets a little difficult for me. I, I would have to say Time Cop, number two. And I would have to say Cyborg, ironically. Wow. Cyborg has one of my favorite character names, <laughs> Gibson Rickenbacker. I mean, he played Gibson Rickenbacker. Cyborg is very like interesting. Rickenbacker. He does look like a Gibson, Gibson Rickenbacker. Rickenbacker. But I, think, I fucking love Cyborg. <laughs> Cyborg is a very good movie. I mean, good as in a Van Damme movie, but I, I've always liked Cyborg. Oh, wait, is Cyborg the one that was supposed to be originally the Masters of the Universe sequel? Shit, I don't know about that. I'm going to have to look this up real quick. Uh, like, they, they had the script made for the Masters of the Universe sequel, end up kind of scrapping it and turning it into yes. well, Cyborg. You're right right here. Canon Films intend, initially intended to make a sequel to 1987 T-Man. But both projects were planned to be shot simultaneously. Wow. That's sort of like uh, Total Recall was supposed to have a sequel that got canned and became Minority Report. Oh. Okay. They this, used the script from Total Recall 2 to make Minority Report. There's something Report. about Cyborg I didn't, did not know. Several of the characters' names are referenced to well-known manufacturers and model, models of guitars. Gibson, Fender, Marshall, Les Paul, Pearl, and Natty. And Rickenbacker. And Rick, <laughs> so I love my Rickenbacker. Redenbacher? <laughs> Rickenbacker. And it was almost rated X, so oh, even better. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been wonderful. Okay, so enough about uh, JCVD's other movies and the logic behind them, and let's move on to the logic of this movie specifically. Oh. I will start, I will say, a lot of logic. A problem I have is... How does Frank know where to find Alex? So Frank has been raising Chad or Chad. No, Chad. Chad's good. Alex is bad. Frank Frank has been raising Chad. Decides, okay, today's the day. We're gonna go and meet your brother. But he like walks in to the Mahjong parlor, Mahjong parlor, and just knows, like, won't even let him go to the hotel. They go straight to Hong Kong and exactly where he's at at that moment. How does he know where he's at? Has he kept tabs on him? I don't know, apparently, uh, they have some sort of Hong Kong low jacking. Who knows? Weird. You want to jump in with one? I find a couple. Yeah, let me jump in one real quick. That I find nuts. A lot of these people in Hong Kong have been dealing with Alex for X amount of years. You see somebody that looks like him wearing pink short shorts, a green polo top, and nice coiffed hair. You think, oh, 
That's Alex. He just decided yeah, to change Alex, his look over fucking night. Yeah, Alex has been wearing leather jackets, slick back hair, has a cigar at all times. Stubble. And like as soon as we see Chad in the pink shorts, this dude walks up and gives him a wad of money like instantly. <laughs> What's wrong with him? I don't know. What did he give you? Cash money. I love Hong Kong. Just because he's like, oh, that's Alex. Do you people know who you're looking at when you deal with them? Yeah, I mean, Jesus Christ. But then Chad doesn't even care. He just takes the money. He's yeah. Like, he's like, I love Hong Kong. I love Hong Kong. Yeah. In his weird Belgian accent. <laughs> I, I will say another one is they, Chad and Alex, when they team up, when they transition fully into double impact, they set up shop at an abandoned hotel on an island. It's a fucking abandoned holiday How did they inn. find this abandoned hotel? Like, how did they know it was Zillow? There? Come on in, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> Wait around for the bellboy. Just put your luggage on the floor. Can you show me one spot on the floor without birching on it? Oh, sorry. We forgot to call the mate. Yeah. Like, <laughs> how do they, they just go there? They sleep on the floor and they kicks the whole thing down when he gets drunk. And we said this during the scene where they find out where they are. They're coming in there with guns blazing. You have this big ass resort, this abandoned Howard Johnson virtually. Let's just sleep in the lobby by the front door. Yeah. There's probably hundreds of rooms yeah. that you could sleep in no, with problems with beds. Let's just sleep yeah. in the no, lobby. I, I mean, honestly, most of this movie is like logic. I mean, the whole premise is that they build this harbor tunnel and then the partner kills the other partner. Mm-hmm. Why? Why did he kill him and, after? And why then the partner he, is their father. Yeah. Why didn't he kill him before? I mean, why kill him at all? Like, I, I just... Tax breaks. Why would... <laughs> Why was he stopping them from any of their elite? I, I don't. And I have another another big one, and I want to throw it over to Justin because I know he has an idea. We talked about this, and it always drives me nuts. But it's not about this movie in particular. It's Van Damme movies in general. He has never ever acknowledged being Belgian. He's either an American, he's an Englishman, he's a Frenchman, or he's a Russian. Nobody's ever said, "Oh, he was born in Belgium." He has an accent for fuck's sake. Come on. At least with the French movies, you could pass him off as French because Belgian, he's French. But come on, man. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why they do that. It uh, drove me nuts. It's the same as Arnold, though. It's, it's yeah. like Kindergarten Cop. It's any Arnold movie. He has a thick accent, and they just never explain why. And, you know, it, it might become redundant to do it in every movie. But why don't they just say, like, all it takes is one line of exposition. Oh, he was born in Brussels. Well, he was always coined. In real life, as the muscles yeah. from Brussels. Yeah. So then just say he's from fucking Brussels. Yeah. God. Yeah, it's it's in Street Fighter. He plays an American. Yeah, he plays Colonel yeah. William Guile. Yes, an American <laughs> Colonel. <laughs> Troopers. Yeah, he's very, very much not American. So that's, he, that's one of my favorite uh, speeches ever yeah. in, a, in a film. I, oh. You know, <laughs> Raul Ra- Julia's Raul last Julia's film. dying and he like gave <laughs> it everything. He His had. M. Bison. It didn't deserve it, but he was fantastic. It's actually, we just talked about Masters of the Universe. Yes. Frank Langella as Skeletor is incredible. What? How did they get legitimate, serious actors to play in these movies? Not just playing them. Because I, I, I get Dolph Lundgren. They just got off Rocky Four. Yeah. But how the fuck do you fuck up He-Man? You know, you know, Langella is actually very proud of yes. that. He he lo- he's happy he of that be. performance and is glad, I mean, you know. I, I hate to, 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 you know, let anyone think less of my character. But if I was an established 
you know, respected a Broadway actor. actor too. I was an established, respected actor who's had a a thirty year career or something, and they asked me to be in a movie like that. Could you imagine like giving? I would just be like, yeah, I fucking pay. Send me my check. Like I, I'd I have my like, dick out. Like <laughs> I feel like back then, yes, but now. It's changed to where, like, yeah. Anthony Hopkins will be in whatever they throw yeah. at him. You know, well, like, look at all the movies that people that have been in Marvel movies. Yeah, that's yeah. like they're just throwing these roles, like, hey, would you like to be this? And yeah. he's like, yo, yeah. You know, like, I mean, the whole movie is logic. Everything in this movie, the logic is okay, the, the final sequence where the, the big bad is has lifted, he has a forklift and he has lifted a shipping container. The lethal weapon. And he is back, Alex and Chad's girlfriend into, onto the edge where there's water <laughs> and he's pushing them back. That is 10 back, feet down. Back. All okay. they have to do is jump in it's the It's going five miles. It's like an Austin yes. Powers yeah. when yeah. steamrollers yeah. coming down right. the hall. It literally is. It's just, and I mean, we've seen this dude do all this action stuff. He could do a million things. He could just jump in the water. He could climb on top of the container and then jump off the other side. It, it's just so he ends up shoving her into a little crevice, which is probably more dangerous had he just thrown her in the water, which is what he does. And then the dude looks so surprised that they're not there. He gets out of the forklift. Well, he didn't see. He couldn't see <laughs> yes. at all what was happening. He almost could have drove off. He, the drove he, he proceeds the for it seemed like 10 minutes <laughs> to give a uh, monologue to the water while firing at yes. it. I mean, yeah. come on. It's that scene is is pretty absurd. And wouldn't you know it pays off with the the ending, the lethal weapon ending where he gets the shipping container dropped on him. We see Chad fight the I don't even remember his Zang. name. Zang. Zang. And he gets his hand caught in some gears. His hand's still there, surprisingly, but I'm but it's sure real limp. Yeah, <laughs> it's real limp. Super limp. Then he gets thrown off the top of this crane. But conveniently, there's it's a like, bunch of like Donkey like, Kong Country barrels there. That he <laughs> Crash Bandicoot. And he, Crash Bandicoot. He collects barrels. the KONG from Donkey Kong Country. His <laughs> little coins pop yes, out. Little coins pop out, and he's fine. So yeah, the the whole movie's logic. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend this movie. No. I mean, if you're gonna watch, if it, if you're getting a hankering to watch a, a John Claude Van Damme movie, I would say this is the. But one. like you said earlier, this is definitely our. This was our season two bad movie pick. Yeah, we do one bad movie a season. It was ready to rumble last season. It's this one this year. Well, it remains to be seen. There might be some more. It's possible. Yeah, See, like this. Like, like I was talking about the music videos in '91. I did not like this movie. Like mm. as a kid. Because oh, I didn't like it either. I was a big fan of Van Damme at that time. I liked Bloodsport and I liked Lionheart, but this movie I did not like. No, no. It's, it just wasn't what I was it's, used to with Van Damme. It's too long. Yeah. There's not like... You can only borrow beats from your other movies for so long. Right, right. There's some of the same elements that are in other Jean-Claude Van Damme movies are in this movie. You can only do that. Hong Kong. Yeah, you can only do that so many times. I mean, the chase scene with the boats and... The Mentos you know, commercial. You can only do that so many times. Until it's like, okay, trick's over. And it's not, there's really no comedy. There's really no, like, iconic action. Yeah. I mean, like, in Kickboxer, Bloodsport, Lionheart, Time Cop, like, all these movies, Sudden Death. Even a soundtrack would there's help. Like, there's no soundtrack to When I named all of those, I think us three, as well as anybody listening at home familiar with Jean-Claude Van Damme movies, as soon as I name those movies, you you think of, you know, Sudden Death, he, he's the goalie, and, you know, Kickboxer, they do the the 
the glass yeah. that he had to glue. That that's yeah. like that's crossed over into so many other yes. films. Yeah, and, like and in Hot Shots. Parodies. In Hot Shots yeah. with the candy. The gummy yeah. bears, yeah. the Sunday bar. Yeah, so it's, you know, you, you say these movies, you think of scene, you think of Double Impact, what do you think of? There's, there's I nothing. mean, the only people that have ever pulled from Double Impact, obviously, is Christopher Nolan with the Inception <laughs> yeah. scenes exactly. out of this film. Yeah. And yeah, we'll, just, we'll just let the people find them themselves <laughs> yeah. as they watch. Watch this and tell us how it relates to it. <laughs> Look at that technology in 91 where they able to put both of him in the same oh, po- place so at the good, same yeah. time. I like seeing The white outline or like the transparency. Through people. Yeah. So what is the legacy of this movie? I mean, I think we just covered that kind Silk of... Silk underwear. Silk underwear oh. is the legacy of this movie. Used it at the top of the podcast. Yeah, but, but still. But we didn't talk about where she, when oh. the girlfriend of Chad first meets... Alex, who she is, thinks it's Alex. Yeah, she thinks it's Alex. such a girlfriend. You can't tell but your own boyfriend. But it's Chad, and she opens his pants and reaches down in, and he says, "Big surprise! Big surprise! Huge surprise! Huge surprise!" <laughs> and then he tells her, "Don't stop! Don't stop!" Jesus. So I, there's some like really crazy deaths that that aren't normal for 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 movies, and like. The, the what was the woman's name the the, the strong woman Kara yeah Kara uh, well they they foreshadowed a lot by showing her strong thighs yeah. like many times yeah, in close you get up some, like like Tarantino shows like feet shots yeah. in his movies which so. I ended up using in Golden Eye yeah, yeah so then in show. in uh in the finale scene she somehow is like above the character and she drops down on him with her thighs yeah. like wraps around his neck you mm-hmm. know that, that's I, Van Damme does that in this movie too. He like wraps his his thighs around a guy's well, head and twists. Every Van Damme movie has that constant where it's every kick he throws is a slow kick. Even when they don't initiate slow motion, it's a slow reach and then a uh, there's yeah, always snap. a jolt the snap, snap kick. Yeah. There's a snap kick, a snap punch, a snap we neck. We need like a Mythbusters because I would think that following through in one motion of a kick would be a much harder. We talked about this while we were watching it. That yeah. one scene. Growing up watching Van Damme movies, you would have thought that fights involved more kicking to find out they don't. <laughs> Let me slowly lift my leg and just... <laughs> yeah. I was in seventh grade and I lifted my leg. And this kid came out of me and snapped it. And it I walked happen. right up behind a kid who stole my chocolate milk and snapped his fucking neck. <laughs> well, speaking of the snapping of necks, there was the one scene where he went up behind that guy and he pushed on his back yes. and yeah. pulled back on his forehead at the barely, same time. Though, barely. It was like a chiropractor. It was, like a, it was just like a massage and it like killed him. Yeah. Like the guy died. I had that done to me and I survived. <laughs> Massaged him to death. Except I had to pay for that. Okay, what drink pairs well with this movie? I will say a Belgian beer because Jean-Claude Van Damme is Belgian. Blue Moon. Yeah, Blue Moon. Yeah, that's what I got. There Drink we yourself. go. Or uh, if you go to Aldi, Kinru Blue. Hello. Sponsor of Russell Miglio. Yeah, the Aldi Kinru Blue. No instructions. If Blue Moon, you can put it in a glass, put an orange in there, but yeah. you don't have to. Nah, it's optional. That if it's too much trouble. You don't want to buy an orange. Plugs. Justin, we'll go back to you. Do you want to plug uh, Dead Ink again? Do you want to plug your personal account? Sure. Let me, let me go ahead and plug a little Dead Ink, I guess. Uh, right now, I have three brand new shirts. The one that you're wearing right now is part of a three design collaboration with Dr. Wolfenbergen. Uh, he did some really great work with me. And we did uh, matching enamel pin sets, uh, stickers that all go along with this series. I have another shirt coming up real soon. Everything's delayed because of COVID. So the print shop, for some reason, they're they're not at full uh, full capacity of work. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I just put up some logo shirts today. They're like pre-orders, so you have to order them in order to get them because I can't stock them because it would cost me like twelve thousand dollars. So Dead Ink Apparel on Facebook. Facebook. 
Instagram, Twitter. I have a YouTube also. But deadinkapparel.com is the easiest way to find it. When uh, COVID is over, or at least the world has normalized a little bit and learned to live with COVID, you'll probably be doing conventions again, yes. I imagine. Uh, I'm too behind on Horror Hound right now. I missed a show in Indianapolis that I paid for because I was stuck in Alaska. Ugh. And then when I came back, I missed the next show because it was canceled. So I'm still in line for what comes next, which well, actually the, another Indianapolis show was canceled. And it should be, hopefully, Cincinnati in March. So Justin does some fun things at conventions. So I'd say definitely catch him there. Definitely check out the website. Grab yourself a shirt. Grab yourself multiple shirts. Buy your whole family shirt. You do stickers, enamel pins. Wristbands, hats, no beanies. Um, denim geese. <laughs> denim geese. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to make a denim geese. <laughs> Please. <laughs> yeah, so uh, absolutely worth checking out. I mean, the, the shirts are on par. Comfort with anything. American Apparel, any of those. Absolutely get what you pay for and more they look great you can wear them everywhere and they make you feel great they too. make you feel great you're gonna uh, like the way you look yes <laughs> I so we it. will on our social media we'll put a link up to um justin's pages for dead ink so that you can check it out for yourself if for some reason you can't find it and you need our link to click then we'll do that for you jim why don't you go ahead and give them the plugs for this podcast ladies and gentlemen Kick back and check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Pool Scene Podcast. You have an idea. You want us to cover a movie? Once again, like I said, merch ideas, stickers, send it to us at poolscenepodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget, we do have a small Twitter page at Pool a small, Scene. A small Twitter page? Small Twitter page. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a friendster. A smitter. A smidge. A smidge. Small at Pool Scene Pod. So check us out there on those websites and social media accoutrement okay i think we've talked about this one enough so until next week justin thank you for joining hey us. thanks for having me it's my first time on a podcast excellent yeah that's uh, did you have fun oh blast will you do some more podcasts yeah, all van damme on? only oh. there we go <laughs> okay all right jim you got any anything to say <laughs> nope one uh once again want to thank all the pool sceners out there for just checking us out on the apple and the spotify's everybody keep it going spread the word i honestly don't know what movie we're covering next week nope. we haven't talked about it so this ought to be interesting we are going to just find out and you can be surprised so until next week <laughs> party on kevin party on wayne <laughs> <laughs> see you, everybody have a good one And get ready.